Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Pac-12 is shrinking by the day. Is there a path forward where the league continues? Also, the Big Ten continues to expand because the Pac-12 is disappearing. And Anthony Davis got mega paid. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And then there were four in the Pac-12. It's just Washington State, Oregon State, UC Berkeley, and Stanford after, well, the rest of the conference left. Oregon and Washington are headed to the Big Ten Arizona, Arizona State, and the University of Utah headed to the Big 12. Spencer McLaughlin from Locked On Pac-12 joins me now. And, and Spencer, this has been a whirlwind couple days in the world of realignment, and it has been particularly devastating to the Pac-12. So let's start with the, the basic of it. How did we get to this point in a conference that really has had a lot of success over the years? How much time you got? Because I, I tell you, there are a <laughs> lot of decisions that <laughs> that went into this, you know, at the core of all of it is, is greed, money, and television. It, you know, the factors there, I think, were perhaps going to be too strong for the Pac-12 to overcome no matter what they did. But you go back to the Larry Scott administration, and he's, I, I think, a pretty low-hanging piece of fruit for people to punch at. I think he deserves that for the way that the conference was run, the disaster of the Pac-12 network, and everything that went on there, and the the, the de-emphasization of football compared to other sports and whatnot, and just not recognizing where the market was at, not having a major media company as, as a partner for the Pac-12 network, that was the start of it. But then as time went on and on, you know, USC and UCLA were not uh, as, as relevant as they, as they once were. I mean, they've only won one Pac-12 championship in their time in the conference yeah. combined, and they've only appeared a handful of times. I mean, Stanford has won more Pac-12 conference championships than UCLA has appeared in. And they've won as many as USC has appeared in to take uh, West Coast football started to take a hit brand wise when the when your biggest television market was not living up to the billing, so to speak. And I think that perception continued to drive USC to orchestrate all this with Fox behind the scenes to pull the strings, deceive the Pac-12 and get them to the point where, you know, they're they're facing extinction extinction i don't really know if you can even call it like even if something that's called the pack continues it's not the, the the pack that it was or anything even close to it so gross mismanagement uh an inability to capitalize on a fragile big 12 a couple of years ago that was certainly a big misstep by george klyovkov and company in hindsight uh you know they could have gone after big 12 schools decided not to usc led the charge on that front uh, there, there are a laundry list of items, but to sum it up, gross mismanagement and, uh, you know, frustration and greed are, are kind of the biggest factors there. Yeah, I, I think you can make the case they were always at a disadvantage as a West Coast conference because you're just never going to get people on the East Coast and even on Central Time to watch a game that tips at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. That's just going to be a tough sell no matter what. So that raises the question, OK, we, we got some of these the big name schools. 
headed to the Big Ten, even if you mentioned USC, UCLA, not the names that they used to be, or at least not producers the way that they used to be. But so where do they go from here? Where does the pack go from here? Yeah. I mean, the only viable option appears to be some sort of orchestrated merger with the Mountain West, because I, I, I don't know how it's financially viable, given the Mountain West bylaws, or, or logical to try and you know bring over four to six members and grab a couple of American schools. I don't see how that makes as much sense as just merging with the Mountain West and becoming the Pac West Conference. I, I think that's the only path to continued viability where the Pac name lives. Uh, there is a real world in which the Pac just says, "Ah, eh, no, we're gonna we're gonna just give up. We're going to dissolve. You guys can go. You know, here are the financial obligations that you are owed. Use that money to try and facilitate your entrance into a new conference, whatever that may be." For, for the four remaining schools. But I, I don't even know if uh, the PacWest option is incredibly viable because if the Big 12 decides, yeah, we do want to expand, we want to go west again, Oregon State and Washington State are going to pick up the phone and, and try to call them. So the options are pretty limited. There's not a big upside move that, that they can make. And no matter what happens, whether they find a way to add six to eight schools, whether they merge with the Mountain West or what have you, there is no world I can see in which the pack remains a power conference in football or any sport. Stay up to date all year on the Pac-12 by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Pac-12 on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, the Big Ten is taking advantage of the Pac-12, which now means the conference spans the nation. Before we get to that, the Carolina Panthers' pass rush just got better. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet back in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land 200 in bonus bets back, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the point total to who you think is gonna hit the first home run. The Pittsburgh Pirates are massive home dogs to the Atlanta Braves. Seriously, FanDuel does not believe in the Pirates at all. Pittsburgh plus 215 on the money line. Of course, you can also combine multiple prop bets in a single game for a bigger payout with FanDuel's same-game parlay, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Carolina Panthers added Justin Houston to their pass rush on Sunday. The four-time Pro Bowler turned 34 in January, but had nine and a half sacks last year for the Baltimore Ravens. The Panthers announced a one-year deal for Houston with undisclosed terms. Coach Frank Reich and general manager Scott Fitterer had been saying for weeks they would continue looking for a veteran to play outside linebacker in their new 3-4 scheme. I'd say they found one. The Cincinnati Bengals have signed a contract extension with Logan Wilson. Bet you thought I'd say Joe Burrow, didn't you? 
Anyway, Cincinnati locked up a key member of their defense for the next four years at $37.25 million. A third-round pick out of Wyoming, Wilson started 30 games at middle backer for the Bengals in his three seasons. He was an important piece of that Bengals Super Bowl run despite playing with a torn labrum. He had nine tackles, three for a loss, and one pass deflection in that Super Bowl loss to the Rams. And he's been a key playmaker for Cincinnati's defense with seven interceptions and 11 pass deflections from that linebacker spot. On the diamond, the Washington Nationals swept the Cincinnati Reds. The Washington Nationals beat the Cincinnati Reds 6-3 down in Cincinnati to complete the series sweep. Brian Clary from Locked On Nationals here. Today's game started just how it ended with the Nationals up in front. The Reds had someone making their major league debut and the first two pitches that he threw in the majors, C.J. Abrams took on 400 feet to right field, then Lane Thomas goes 405 to dead center field. And those two guys carried this Nationals to a win in Cincinnati. And ultimately though, Jake Lou as well. How about his performance today? Adding two hits, two RBIs in today's contest as well. He also had a stolen bag and he had a walk in today's game. I'm telling you, these red hot Nats, man, something is cooking, something is up. And the Texas Rangers shut out the Miami Marlins. Rangers get the sweep, but they also get some bad news on the day. Rangers win 6-0 to complete the sweep of the Miami Marlins. I'm Bryce Patrick, host of the Locked On Rangers podcast. This was a massive win for the Rangers. Their sixth straight completes a perfect homestand, but they are losing their third baseman, Josh Young, for a little while. A broken thumb on a 109-mile-an-hour liner on a very quick double play turn. But Andrew Heaney was excellent in this one. The rest of the bullpen was excellent. Martin Perez, his first bullpen appearance with the Rangers in the first since 2021. One Rangers just completely shut out this Marlins team and they head into Oakland on a six game winning streak. Big home runs from Nathaniel Lowe, from Marcus Simeon, from Ezekiel Duran, and Adoles Garcia. They're going to need Ezekiel Duran to step up in this time while Josh Young is on the IL. Here is another story you need to know The Big Ten is now the Big 18 after Oregon and UW become the latest. Apparent transfer. The transfer portals now apparently applies to conferences in addition to players. We'll see if name, image, and likeness follows suit. Craig Sheeman from Locked On Big Ten joins me now. And, and Craig, I guess NIL has always been what the teams are. They've always made their money. So that's what this is about, right? Money with the Big Ten that are now 18 schools deep or set to be 18 schools deep. They were already working on this painstakingly crafted 16-team schedule for 2024. So now what? Now what? we got to tear it up and start over. And, <laughs> Peter, you're absolutely right. It's all about money, and you need to look no further than the fact that they stopped at 18, which I thought was telling because I thought up until late last week there was a strong chance that in addition to Washington and Oregon, they would be taking Cal and Stanford. Rumor was that all this, the presidents and the Big Ten really liked the, the reputation of the academic schools coming with them, and you notice they aren't there. I mm. do think they are going to 20. I think they're holding a few space holders here for next year. If you look at what, how we've gone, last year in July, all of a sudden U, UCLA and USC came out of nowhere, the announcement, they're coming to the Big Ten. I mean, there weren't leaks or anything. You know how this business is. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the announcement came. We go 13 months later. Now you saw how fast this happened this week with the demise of the Pac-12. 
and now uh, Washington and Oregon coming to the Big Ten. I, we're, I think we're going to do this again next year when Florida State this last week said, hey, we need a 12-month exit strategy to get out of this horrible TV contract. I think there's more coming. And so for, for the Big Ten, I think we're past the point where we start asking these questions for conferences. Why is expansion good for them? Because that's asked and answered. So how do you make this make sense? Because now you have these West Coast teams that have no relationship to the Big Ten teams in a lot of cases, although we have there is some Rose Bowl history, so at least you have some of that stuff built in there. There is going to be some relationships with some of these teams, but then you add in the, the, the old uh, East Coast dregs, the Maryland's and the Rutgers, and you're just sort of like, okay, how do you how do you come away with this with a culture that has been so essential to conferences and college football from time immemorial? How do you recreate that? A lot of it is out the window. I've heard a lot of people say this is sad. I've heard uh, James Franklin at Penn State just today said, yeah, it's kind of sad. The regional part is gone. I heard even Nick Saban say it uh, this week at Alabama. It's sad that all the traditions are gone. Although you could make a case for uh, tradition by forget about having the Big Ten championship game in Indianapolis every year. Let's go back and have it in the Rose Bowl. Can you imagine? A, a big, Let's go. Big Ten championship between a West division and East division. Let's bring back the divisions. We just got rid of them. Uh, and, and play it in the Rose Bowl in the, in the first week of December. <laughs> that sounds great to me. I, I think you'll get a lot of eyeballs on it. This, it, it just, it does make financial sense. I understand that. Is there going to be, do you think, a squeeze, though, on some of these middle teams? Like, at what point do you go, or, or, or bottom teams? If you go Illinois, if you're a, a school like that, is the Big Ten going to look at that and go, hey, you know, we have a chance to get Florida State in here, and we really don't have room for you. Like, at what point do we start squeezing some of these other teams out, and it's just a free-for-all? I have yet to hear anybody talk that way. I So I would think it would be hard to believe. Plus, remember, the Big Ten the importance of their basketball schools. Well, I know football drives everything, but can you imagine, like, I'm an, I'm an Indiana grad, okay? Let's say uh, Indiana football continues to struggle and we bring more, uh, all these great teams in. Uh, how are they going to win a football game? But we are a basketball school and a, with a pretty rich history, and I can't imagine them kicking a school like Indiana out. But uh, at this point, I would say anything's possible, but um, I don't think we're at that point now. I think if you're in, you're in. Stay up to date all year on the Big Ten by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Big Ten on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, Anthony Davis is getting paid. The Los Angeles Lakers made Anthony Davis a rich man with a contract extension. Even by LA standards, Locked On Lakers host Andy and Brian Kamenetsky have more. Uh, it essentially means now AD under contract for five seasons now uh, with the Lakers and uh, a bit of housekeeping, Andy, that people expected to see happen. Uh, it was reported the Lakers and Anthony Davis were uh, mutually interested in getting this thing done. Um, apparently they meant getting it done fast because uh, day one, and it's over. Yeah, you and I both thought that the odds favored this happening just because it made sense on both sides. I suppose you could have made an argument for Anthony Davis waiting for the end of this season, exercising his early termination option. I think there was a possibility of making more money that way. But the flip side is when you're Anthony Davis, you've had some of your injury risks and quite frankly, 
you've already made enough money that you don't necessarily have to worry about the max possible scenario every single time. If I were him, I would look to just lock up the money while it's right in front of me. Get And from the Lakers' perspective, it's the exact same thing. You have a definitely an elite player at sometimes one of the most elite players in the league under contract now for five years, and all of your planning moving forward, you know the biggest particular, which is what is Anthony Davis going to cost us? How do we build around that? With the way the NBA works right now, you have to pay these top players. That doesn't mean you get to keep them, as we're seeing with Damian Lillard in Portland right now, or James Harden in Philadelphia, or Anthony Davis just a couple years ago. The Lakers only got him, remember, because he pushed his way out in New Orleans. But when you have a player capable of playing at an all-NBA level, the modus operandi in the NBA is you just pay him. And especially with LeBron James getting up there in age, the Lakers are a star-driven franchise. You need that superstar. If Anthony Davis could have gotten more, the Lakers probably would have paid him more. And that is the position these superstar players in the NBA have teams. They can extract the maximum amount of value because they know the position that these teams will be in if those players walk. And the problem for these teams right now is they might be in that position even if they sign the contract because in a year, two years, Anthony Davis could say, peace. Following up on a story about former Packer and Giant linebacker Blake Martinez and Pokemon cards. He's not allowed to sell them anymore, at least not on whatnot, after the company officially banned him for allegedly selling Pokemon cards that were a scam, aka not what they were purported to be. Blake Martinez responded to these allegations on a live stream saying, I know the type of business I run. I made a good amount of money. Everyone knows in the NFL. I knew stepping into this was going to have a target on my back. You know, I think they banned Pokemon cards in my school when I was in like second grade. Hmm. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, who is poised for a postseason run in Major League Baseball? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.